one family friend came and she brought me a gift that I didn't realize was a gift until years later. She asked me the question, Palmer, why do you think you got the MS? What do you mean? Why do I think I got this? Are you accusing me of doing so? How do you mean? Right? And she left, but the question didn't leave me. And little did she know, or I know that that question would become my North Star for the next 30 years and remains true today. So I lay there on the couch, puzzling and pondering. And then in a flash of insight, I have to take you back a little bit farther in time because I had been adopted by a very loving mom and dad. My birth mother was 14 years old. Welcome to the Biology of Trauma podcast, the show that provides professionals with the knowledge and tools for effective science-based solutions for the trauma healing journey. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and I've done the hard work so you can stop your endless searching, have a roadmap for your own work, and be able to help others more powerfully. Welcome to this episode of the Biology of Trauma podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amy, and in this episode, we are talking autoimmunity and trauma, trauma in all its forms, emotional, psychological, toxins, the gut, everything that plays a role in switching on or off these so-called incurable conditions like autoimmunity. My special guest for this episode is my friend Palmer Kippola, who at age 19 was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and is now a functional medicine health coach and author of Beat Autoimmune. We're here answering the question, what is the role of trauma in autoimmunity that leads us to a clear path forward for prevention or recovery. I've woven stories of course members into this episode so that you can see and hear the wide range of what is working for people to disconnect the trauma autoimmune connection. And here's what you're going to learn in this episode, how trauma is related to the development of autoimmune conditions and what types of trauma why many doctors are wrong about these conditions being incurable, how there are three big root causes that influence the development of autoimmunity, even three main food groups that influence autoimmunity, both the development and the symptoms of autoimmunity, and then six environmental factors that we can control that contribute to the trauma response in the body and autoimmunity. And with that... Welcome, Palmer. Good morning. Well, good morning. Oh, Dr. Amy, it is such a privilege to be with you. It's always good to see you. (laughs) It's always good to see you. And I have to tell you, the work that you're doing is just, it's just tremendous. It's so important and often overlooked. Yes, we've had um, little little snippets of that conversation where so much of autoimmune is connected with trauma. And it's an important piece to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. So I just, um, I'm just so, so honored to be a part of this because it's inextricably linked, but there's so much that people can do. So thank you. Yes. And that, um, I mean, that is the hope, right? Like there is so much that people can do. And I know that you didn't get that message at first. I didn't get that message at first. And so being able to share with people, no, like (laughs) there is so much you can do. It is not the end of the road. It's really just the beginning of what you can do to support your immune system and shift things around. So if you don't mind starting with a little bit of your story, so people can understand your background and context, 
tell us about diagnosis of multiple sclerosis at age 19. Ah. I have to take you back in time a little bit for that one, because as you just stated, I was 19. Um, I was a happy-go-lucky, worked hard, played hard, life looked promising, right? Um, And it was the summer after my freshman year of college. I was home working a summer job as a hostess in a restaurant. And one morning I woke up and the soles of my feet were all tingling. That feeling like you've laid on a limb too long. And then when the blood flows back, it gets all tingling. Only this particular morning, the blood didn't flow back. And that tingling just persisted and it crept up my shins. And by the time it reached my knees, when I was at work, I knew something was really wrong. It wasn't going away. So I called my parents who called the family doctor who said, get her over to the neurologist at UCLA today. And that's what we did. And within five minutes of being in that neurologist's office, she had me do the nose, finger to the nose, heel, toe, heel, toe. And she said, with this spectacular lack of sensitivity, I'm 99% certain that you have MS, multiple sclerosis. And if I'm right, there's nothing you can do except take medication. We had never heard of MS. And this is part of the context. 50 years ago, you didn't hear about autoimmunity, right? And today it is so common. So we had we left that office with very little information, very little hope, went home. And by the time we got home, that tingling had reached right under my neck at my collarbones. We were terrified. And that night, my mom crawled into bed with me and was holding me and she's crying. I'm crying harder because by that time, my body had gone completely numb from the neck down and would stay completely numb for a full six weeks. It was, we, we had no frame of reference for this. There was nothing to help us understand what was happening. I was preparing for going back for my sophomore year and what were we going to do? So I'm enormously grateful that my parents were rocks. And I'm super, super thankful that friends weren't too scared off. I lay on the couch for those six weeks watching the Summer Olympics and just waiting, wait and see, terrified. Some people brought cookies, some people brought books. One family friend came and she brought me a gift that I didn't realize was a gift until years later. She asked me the question, Palmer, why do you think you got the MS? What do you mean? Why do I think I got this? are you accusing me of doing so? How do you mean? Right. And she left, but the question didn't leave me and little did she know, or I know that that question would become my North star for the next 30 years and remains true today. So I lay there on the couch, puzzling and pondering. And then in a flash of insight, I have to take you back a little bit farther in time because I had been adopted by a very loving mom and dad. My birth mother was 14 years old. Right. So I'm I'm absorbing some of those stress chemicals for sure. And my parents were super loving, my adoptive parents, but my dad had been a fighter pilot and his way was invariably the right way. And we butted heads a lot. And I have to tell you that as I'm lying on the couch at age 19, numb from the neck down, I had a vision of me about age three, four or five, something in there. And my dad is yelling at my mom because he's unhappy that she had gained a lot of weight. And I'm standing in the hallway with my dukes up yelling back at my dad, if you don't shut up or stop, you know, yelling at mom, I'm going to make you or whatever, whatever one says. Right. So I had intuited that it was chronic stress 
that was in fact why I got the MS. Now I know there's a, a whole lot more to the story than that, but now we know the profound study of all of the ACEs, the adverse childhood experiences are linked to the development of autoimmunity even decades later. And there's all kinds of stress, but that chronic unrelenting stress, that conflict at home, alcoholism, all of those things are profoundly, profoundly Im Im impactful on a young, ch young child's brain and their biology. So I am very fortunate that the MS retreated in time for me to go back to college my sophomore year it turned out I had the relapsing remitting form. And I'm also enormously grateful to my dad, who was so motivational to me, telling me, honey, you can beat this thing. That's why the name of the book was with my dad channeling that in mind. You can beat this thing. Well, I had no idea how I was going to beat this thing, but I had that can-do attitude. And for the next 26 years, I did everything that I could to try to beat this thing. Now, this is before the internet. Remember that I was afflicted with this in the first place. So I did a number of experiments. And it, to make this story shorter, uh, it wasn't until 2010 that I discovered functional medicine and had a full meeting with a functional medicine nutritionist who discovered that I had non-celiac gluten sensitivity. She led me through this elimination diet and gut healing exercise within two weeks of eliminating gluten, I stopped having tummy trouble after eating. And we tend to normalize things. I thought it was normal for people to have tummy trouble after eating because I did. Little did I know that those massive bowls of cereal and sandwiches every day for lunch and pizza and pasta, whatever else you eat or you know your whole life growing up was affecting my gut. It had inflamed and created this leaky gut, which we'll see is the pathway to autoimmune problems. So when she led me through this exercise, removing the bad stuff, healing and sealing the lining of my gut, everything calmed down. In fact, within a month, I stopped having MS symptoms ever again, full stop. So there's a lot more to the story than just chronic stress and gluten, but I wanted to share the highlights with you to show that you are way more in control of your health outcomes than your doctor has ever told you, than you may have imagined. And if I accomplish anything here today with you, I want to transmit the certainty that hope is real, healing is possible, and I'm not just you know this nice little uh, remission, radical remission, spontaneous healing. And that's why I was insistent on sharing the stories of 12 other doctors and practitioners who also recovered, fully recovered from these quote unquote, incurable autoimmune conditions. Thank you, Palmer. Your story has given me goosebumps again. <laughs> and uh, there are many people here who can really relate to your story. So I love if we could even just leave a little bit of time at the end to have them kind of like integrate everything that you just said, because <laughs> that was, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's a lot. And it's everything that we've been talking about as well. So you touched on a number of the things that we've already went over, gone over in terms of the susceptibility, the risk factors, the compounding factors. And um, so it's, yes, it's a, it's a lot to integrate it, to see it in a, in a real life person. And so much of what is still kind of said about autoimmune and especially multiple sclerosis is that there's nothing that we can do. And yet there is a lot of science 
not just personal examples like yourself, like Dr. Terry Walls, but there's, there is a lot of science. Can you, I know this is a hard question. Can you like give an overview Palmer, you know, just like an overview of like all the science (laughs) out there, you know, nothing, nothing much. Yes. So this is, this is what fueled my passion about helping other people. So after I healed, it was 2012, I quit my corporate job to study autoimmunity full-time. I wanted to understand what are the root causes? What's the truth about autoimmunity? How is it possible that this ordinary woman like me could reverse this seemingly incurable condition that I had been told by six neurologists at storied institutions was there was nothing I could do except take medication and prepare for life in a wheelchair. So I spent my days immersed in PubMed and I found this exciting science that should have made front page news that hasn't even made back page news. And you may be familiar with the first piece because there are two things that I want to mention. The first is epigenetics. The word literally means above the gene. And for years, we've been told that our DNA is our destiny. You're destined to get whatever your parents were afflicted with. And it's very much a victim mentality, right? Because there's nothing you can do. So why bother? The science, the relatively new science of epigenetics shows it's our environments that matter most. So instead of our cells just switching on this DNA expression of MS, no, the cells take cues from the environment. So everything that you eat, drink, think, and do tells those genes whether or not to be expressed. It turns out that I had epigenetically switched off the expression of MS in my body. That doesn't mean that I don't have the genes for MS. I'll always have the genes for it, but I control mostly whether or not those genes get expressed. So you know about epigenetics and more on this with Dr. Bruce Lipton and Dr. Randy Jurdle, who's done amazing work with mice in his lab, showing that what you feed the mama mice affect profoundly affects the health outcomes of the offspring of those agouti mice. So that's epigenetics. The second piece is there's actually an autoimmune equation. Who knew, right? Wouldn't you think that this would be front page news that we have an equation for how this happens? Well, it turns out in the early 2000s, this researcher named Alessio Fasano and his team who are now at Harvard Medical School discovered the third factor in the equation that is necessary for autoimmune conditions to occur and to perpetuate. And it's intestinal hyperpermeability, which is commonly known as a leaky gut. So we knew that genetics are, you know, a potential for your outcomes. And it turns out genetics only represent about five to 10% of your health outcomes. And what's super, even the CDC admits to that, right? So the other 90, 95%, those are those mysterious lifestyle factors, those environmental factors that are telling your genes whether or not to switch on or off. That third element in the equation is that leaky gut. And what makes having this equation so powerful is that if you flip it, you can potentially, as Dr. Fasano says, arrest and reverse the condition. We're not talking about putting something in remission that's just waiting and lurking there to pop out again. We're talking about full remission of these conditions. And note that I call them conditions because it's basically conditional on how you live as opposed to disease, which sounds permanent and dire. So first one was epigenetics. The second one is having an autoimmune equation. And I find this to be enormously empowering. 
yes, even just as you're saying that, right? Like I, it, I feel that sense of empowerment of like, yeah, that 90% is what I can control. <laughs> Scary too. Scary. Uh, and yet also very empowering and definitely has been my experience as well. So I'm wondering if there's, I know that you mentioned the intestinal permeability. We're going to go into that a little bit today with my uh, lecture and my chapter. And um, I'm wondering if we have time, we'll take a few minutes, if you don't mind, for you just to kind of go over a little more of that food and gut stuff, because that may be new for a lot of people. Absolutely. And are there uh, certain foods, right, that the science shows wah, more problematic than other types of foods? And um, yeah, let's just start there. And then yeah. we'll probably take some time just to uh, take some comments. Yes. So really quickly before I delve into that, because I, I want to, healing is so multifactorial and it's not just food and gut health. So I just want to set the context that I decided I, I was hell bent on wanting to figure out what are these mysterious environmental factors. And as I researched, I wrote them down and what emerged was a word that represented the major categories. You can control the six keys that I call it in my book. And that word is fights. And that stands for food, infections, gut health, hormone balance, toxins, and stress. And I jokingly lament that it didn't spell peace, but it <laughs> spelled the word that resonated with my dad and that beating autoimmunity. So um, food and gut health, enormously important in the equation. And it can be enormously, you can't imagine that what you eat each and every day has an impact on your immunity, on your gut health, but it does. And on the flip side, People, practitioners, um, my own experience shows people heal 60 to 80% of the way just when they start with food and sometimes 100%, especially if you're just new to developing autoimmunity. So I want to just mention the top three things that I see that are harming people from a food perspective. There are many more and you need to figure it out for yourself primarily, but I offer the most common clues. So the first biggest baddie of all when it comes to autoimmunity is gluten. In 2002, the New England Journal of Medicine published an article that said that there were 55 diseases that gluten was implicated in, and that's 20 years ago, okay? More recent research from 2015 shows that gluten creates a leaky gut in anyone who eats it. So if you have the proclivity to autoimmunity and you're continuing to eat gluten, you're just perpetuating a problem. So that's the first thing that just has to go for good. The second thing is dairy, especially conventional animal dairy like cow dairy is super inflammatory. I see that 75% of people who have this non-celiac gluten sensitivity, which may be 20 or 30% of the population, by the way, it's not like celiac disease, it's much more insidious, but 75% of those people are sensitive to animal dairy. And it's not the lactose, it's the casein, which is that super inflammatory protein. Got to take that out. Um, and the third thing that I'll say is sugar in all its forms. There was a study in 1974 that shows that sugar, even fructose, can block your immune system from functioning for five hours after eating it. And autoimmunity is not a body part problem. It's an immune system problem. And the immune system resides in your gut. So that's the next thing. When it comes to gut healing, this is ground central for autoimmunity both to develop 
and then to unwind from it, right? And people ask me all the time, well, you know, what can I take to heal my gut? How, do, how what, what supplements? And my response is number one, two, and three, remove, remove, remove. Foundational. We treat our guts like garbage disposals. So that sad food that we're eating every day, and we, we don't mean to, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, this is, we learn and then we do better. Um, but the sad foods and the suspect foods that many people eat, like eggs and nuts and nightshades can be really problematic for some people and not for others. So the best you can do is what I call, well, it's called a, an elimination diet. And I've rebranded it as a 30-day food vacation because this allows you to take a vacation from the habitual foods that you eat. Toss those toxic sad foods, try removing those suspect foods, give your gut where, by the way, about 80% of your immune system is housed in the lining of your gut. So that's the battlefront of this is where the immune system starts to overreact, fights our foods. So beyond food, medications can be very problematic. Prednisone creates a leaky gut. There are 99 medications that have been implicated in, in causing lupus. There's actually a name for it called drug-induced lupus. So do what you can to minimize the toxic stuff. And there's more, way more to it. But in the brief time that I have, I just wanted to mention those. And who knew that chronic stress also creates a leaky gut? So we must examine all of these categories, not just food and gut health. Let me interrupt right there because I want to have us hear Sam's share. Now, it is true that we must examine all of these categories, not just food and gut health, because of their effect on the autonomic nervous system. This is such amazing information. And as Palmer was talking, I was reminded that about 80% of our nervous system is in our gut. We have something that's called an enteric nervous system a nervous system in our enteric system, which is our gut. So between the nervous system and the immune system, we can really see why cutting out potentially damaging inflammatory foods is such a big deal for our nervous system in general. Now, I want you to hear Sam's share as she has been integrating the three elements to the trauma healing journey, somatic work, parts work, and the biology piece Listen to what she shared in one of my live classes on the autoimmune disorders that she has been diagnosed with. Sam. Everybody. Um, yeah, this, uh, this has been, this journey has been really helpful. I definitely noticed last week. So um, three months ago, I started with a functional medicine doctor after 10 years of chronic health issues that um, I hadn't gotten help with and figured out a lot on my own. Um, but when I started with that doctor, he diagnosed three autoimmune disorders, um, gut infections, viruses that are overactive in my system, um, a variety of other things, loss of oral tolerance, which is my, my body's having immune reaction to over 50% of the foods that I eat. So for the last three months, I've been on an extremely restricted, like more restricted than AIP diet. Uh -huh. And in, it's also one level more complicated than that. I have to rotate all of my foods, <laughs> like every ingredient of foods that I eat. There has to be separation between 
like a days of separation. So, so this has been difficult on so many levels. Like I, I didn't really consider myself very much of like an emotional eater in the past. Um, but with trying to adhere to this new diet, it's been difficult on so many levels, just like the accepting of all of the, the, the things that are going on in my body, the like ups and downs of my body processing all the supplements that he's giving me the adjustment to a really difficult diet. It's also really restricted and I'm having food cravings. Like I've been eating really healthy for years, but I'm having food cravings now. Like I just didn't even imagine could ever happen. (laughs) It's so intense. And so I really appreciate this class um, cause I was really starting to like struggle emotionally with the food cravings and stuff like that. And through the somatic work, I am like giving like my belly support, like creating a new relationship with my belly. And I'm like talking to my belly and like, like, you know, hearing that I'm like, wow, like you're really going through a lot We're like we can work together and um, just like rubbing my belly after I eat. And um, it's really, it's been really supportive and really helpful where I was just sort of in angst about it before. Like, is this working? Can I do it? You know, it's just like, this feels so hard and like, I'm not sure how to support myself in, in all of that hardness, but it really, I noticed this week, just in the last couple of days after doing that for a few days, that my whole system is starting to calm down and like, I'm getting less sort of gut upsetness. And I feel like I'm just like, I'm starting to digest better and it's, it's promoting my healing. It's really nice. Let me invite Sophie to share about her diagnosis of Hashimoto's a thyroid autoimmune condition. Sophie. I have Hashimoto's. When I met my functional medicine doctor, by the time I got there, I couldn't even drink water without pain. And I had IBS at 16 and anxiety, all the things. And I went on a leaky gut protocol, AIP and supplements as well. And it like reversed everything so fast. So it was just really cool because I always thought, well, I know that I can do it with Hashimoto's, but I wonder about other autoimmune disease. So it's really cool to hear your story about MS because so often my clients just think that they're stuck with like things like lupus or whatever. And there's so much we can do. And I just love your approach. I use that same approach with those three foods. And I find that 80% of the time it really works. And I just really loved what you had to say. And I can't wait to read your book. Oh, I'm so grateful for you sharing that, Sophie. And this this speaks so strongly to the fact that this is one problem. This is an immune system problem, and it goes to your genetic weak link. So you may happen to have you know, a gene for Hashimoto's. I have the genes for MS. Some people have multiple things, but I didn't write beat MS because when you apply these holistic practices, mind, body, spirit, you can unwind from any of these conditions. Thank you for your share, Sophie. I love how you use the words unwind from any of these conditions. There's so much information here that can help us and help our clients, just like what Joy is doing. Joy is now in my advanced biology of trauma trainings for professionals. 
And Joy, please share with us how you have been applying the three elements and tools in your work with autoimmunity and inflammation. I just have had so many opportunities to talk about all of this work that it is amazing. And sometimes you are just the entry level into hope for these patients that have seen you know, that have been sick for so long, like I say, they come in with two pages of medications and they still feel terrible. And so you can just give them baby steps, right? So for me, you know, I've, I've talked about the states of the nervous system with patients. I've gone over somatic exercises with patients that have had trauma. Um, I am so excited to talk about the role of inflammation and those adaptive immune patterns, which I see in just about everybody I see. Um, and just kind of that role of inflammation and what, what that looks like from a, you know, kind of a blood sugar, um, diet movement, spending time in nature, the things that I, you know, I can actually influence. And I, I mean, I had an amazing opportunity, two amazing opportunities today. We referred her to the 21 day journey. I said, have I got someone that you can even learn more from? So it was, it's really incredible. And I thank you for all of this. It's amazing. And it helps my patients every day. And if I can just be a baby step for someone, like I said, I can see the hope in their eyes and that's pretty wonderful, which is why I'm doing this. So thanks. Thank you, Joy. It's true that when we see the hope in their eyes, it's pretty wonderful. And this is what motivates me to do what I do as well. Kelly, let's hear from you because my goodness, you've been doing a lot. And even though you've never had autoimmunity, you know that you are at risk of autoimmunity. So share with us what you've been doing. Hi. Hi. I'm so grateful to hear this. This is like music to my ears. Um, it just, it's, it's wonderful to hear multiple people talking about taking control, utilizing diet, allowing for that healing to take place. I just feel like so much less of a freak. Um, <laughs> 10, 12 years ago when you're, you know, fumbling around trying to figure this stuff out and everyone looks at you like, you know, what is wrong with you? But 12 years in, I've grown an entire set of eyelashes, eyebrows at the age of 50 after just, t I just utilized, um, I have celiac disease that actually came out as an autoimmune. I'd never had autoimmunity before. But I had some life events and um, stuff occurs. So I thought, you know, they kept telling me, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. You go off gluten and that's it. Well, that wasn't it. Like it, nothing got better going off gluten, let me tell you. <laughs> so it's so nice to hear the deep dive that other people are taking, the removal of the sugar. The, I went to the um, monosaccharide only diet. So the elimination of all those things that were complex carbohydrates including all grains, sugars, fake sugars, et cetera. And, and that removal, giving my body the permission to heal in the background. Oh my gosh. I had no idea that the body was so powerful and would just elegantly, quietly just go in and make these repairs. Mary Lou. Hi, mine is really, really short and sweet. It's just a, a, a little expansion on autoimmunity. Um, with Sjogren's syndrome. And for a lot of people, that is a, a devastating because it's, again, it's that same thing, Palmer. And thank you so much, both you and Dr. Amy, for this because it's just 
beyond inspiring to hear it. Um, I had one lady who her mum passed from Sjogren's syndrome. So she was really worried when she was diagnosed with it and it was hot on the heels of a very messy divorce and that was her trigger. She'd had other things. But interestingly, her son was celiac and as soon as we got her off of gluten, she had gone, she went back to playing league tennis. I'm very fast forwarding here. She'd gone from really debilitating health conditions to actually getting back to playing league tennis. And we cleaned up sugar and we cleaned up wheat and toxins. And so just really wanted to put that into the mix because it's so empowering to hear it. And it's like, it's it's every it's exactly what you said. It's autoimmunity, and and I just wanted to bring Sjogren's into it because it's such a scary one for a lot of people as well. Absolutely. So thank you to both of you for just all the gratitude in my heart. That yeah. is so inspirational. We need more of these healing stories. So I'm all about sharing healing stories. It's the healing stories that keep me inspired to do what I do. And thank you for joining me for this episode. Thank you, Palmer. Let me just point out that not only did Palmer fully recover from the symptoms of multiple sclerosis, but in her book, she has more stories of those who fully recovered from their symptoms of autoimmune conditions as well. This is such an important conversation because it really illustrates that we have more control over our health than we realize. Yes, there is a trauma disease connection, and it's important to note the connection between childhood trauma and autoimmunity. And that's in Palmer's story. That's in my story. That's in the story of so many others. And we can learn tools to disentangle, to unwind that condition. And our experiences, our environment are what we can control. We can learn to create different experiences for ourselves today, like what we learned to do in the foundational journey, starting with creating the felt sense of safety, the felt sense of support. And then safe expansion and aliveness. We are walking away with many ideas, and I hope that this episode is leaving you inspired with some practical tools. In the show notes, I'm going to put a lot in the show notes for you because I want you to check out Palmer Kippola's website. So I will have that there. I will also put information about the foundational journey if you are ready to start working with me and to learn how to create these felt experiences of safety and support and safe expansion that our body needs. If you're not ready for a journey that does involve live classes with me, I will put in links to the seven-day do-it-yourself course where I have seven guided video somatic exercises that will help you start to untangle and unwind the specific emotions behind chronic health conditions. I will also put the link to my guide on the steps to identify and heal trauma. This will help you get a better look at this trauma disease connection in general. And one of those things that's going to be important for you to look at are the biochemical imbalances. So I will have a link to those as well. There are three main biochemical imbalances found in those who have stored trauma. One of them is pyroluria and is associated with a higher risk of autoimmunity. So I have all autoimmune patients and recommend all members of my courses with any autoimmunity to test those biochemical imbalances. I will also include a link to the biology of trauma health coaching sessions that you can have so that you can have someone else help assess the risk of autoimmunity through the lens of trauma and to review the biochemical imbalances and pyroluria with you. If you really want to dig deeper into autoimmunity, 
I will include a link to my autoimmunity bundle. This is a three video masterclass series that I offer for those who are really ready to dive deeper into understanding autoimmunity and the solutions for it. And then I will include two links to products that I use regularly, knowing that I have a high risk of autoimmunity. I've had high autoimmune markers. And so this has been important for me to stay out of that diagnosis. One of the things that I use is C60. It helps clear out oxidative stress that can build up as a result of stored trauma and kind of tip the the scales towards autoimmunity. I also will have links to castor oil packs that are great for gut inflammation and gut issues, as well as sleep and feeling better. And with that, thank you. I am your host, Dr. Amy. And until next episode, lots of love. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to subscribe. We definitely will learn, laugh, and sometimes cry together on this healing journey. And you won't want to miss an episode. Give my podcast five stars, share it with a friend or colleague. If you felt an impact as it truly helps get the word out and breaking the paradigm of how we do trauma work. I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Until then, this is your host, Dr. Amy, sending you lots of love.